What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Another Friday, another episode of Why Are We Bullish? We've got a killer panel this evening. I'm very excited to have everyone here. Uh, yeah, uh, and actually, all first timers on the show. So, uh, yeah, it should be a good one. Very excited. Of course, this is live. Anything can happen. So, I defer to my friend Bill here. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! If you have not already, please do like, subscribe, share, all those things help a ton getting this content in front of more eyeballs. I am Ben with the BTC Sessions. This is your daily session. Total the Bitcoin. Before we bring in our panel, let's take a look at where we are in the market right now. This is timechaincalendar.com. We're sitting at 23,433 per coin. A single US dollar will pick you up 4,268 sats. 91.8% of all Bitcoin have been mined, which is 19.28 million of them. And in terms of fees, ooh, some uh, a little high, higher than I've seen in a while. 33 sats per byte next block. Uh, even if you're willing to wait a while, 19 sats per byte, still in those high double digits. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Use RBF, do what you got to do. Transact on Lightning. We're prepared for this. We know what's up. Uh, shout outs to sponsors of the show, nunchuck.io. <coughs> uh, these guys are doing awesome things when it comes to assisted multi-sig and inheritance planning. And they're doing it all, uh, I think, first of its kind with no KYC. So, you know, you go to some of the other options on the market, you got to be heavily KYC, give up all your information in order to get that inheritance plan and that uh, collaborative multi-sig in place. Not so here. You can use awesome... Uh, types of hardware like the tap signer, like the cold card. I've done a full tutorial on it. You got to check them out. Uh, again, the non-KYC thing is integral. And uh, these guys, we have history and I love them. And they were a lot of support last year. So I'm so happy to be working with them. Uh, up next, we've got CoinKite. Of course, my favorite hardware on the market. I love my cold card Mark IV. It's so badass for securing my stack. Again, tap signer, I mentioned SAS cards, Block clocks, open dimes, they've got it all. I've got a hideous amount of stuff from CoinKite, uh, but it's a beautiful thing. Uh, so check them out, coinkite.com. Use code BTC Sessions for 5% off. You guys know Start9, of course. I've done the whole video on how to run your Bitcoin stack, Bitcoin Core, Lightning Nodes, Mempool.space, uh, what else? Join Market, all kinds of stuff, and hosting your own data, passwords, files photos, all that stuff you can run from a Start9 embassy, either the one or if you're looking for something beefy, the pro is awesome. Uh, check them out. Uh, again, if you're stacking sats, hodl hodl, you know them. Uh, Non-KYC, peer-to-peer, instant self-custody. That's the place to go if you're stacking sats. And uh, by the way, I hope to see you guys in Miami. Who's going to Miami? I hope, I hope to see a lot of you there. This is my fourth time down in Miami for the Bitcoin conference. Uh, and well, they did one in San Francisco in 2019. 2020 was canceled. And then Miami, 2021, 2022. Be there back again this year. Uh, yeah, so very excited about that. It's coming. 
it's coming and it's just the first of a number of places I'm going to be this year. So excited to get traveling again this year. So yeah, uh, b.tc slash conference use code BTC sessions for 10% off enough rambling though. I need to get my guests in here. I'm very excited to have them all. Uh, so I'll just, I'll, I'm going to dump you all in here. Uh, Mickey, we've got Ricky and Laura and we've got Nozomi. Welcome all to the show. I'm so happy to have you all. Uh, I think the best place to start is we'll do a quick round of who are you and what do you do? So, uh, Mickey, I'm going to go to you first. I'm going to let you do a little intro, let people know who you are. Hey, everybody. I'm Mickey, kind of like quintessential pleb, uh, dad, husband, and a guest contributor to Bitcoin Magazine. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Glad to have you. I, ha I had a whole bunch of people comment and say that I should have you on the show. And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. The squad came in strong for me. <laughs> they did. They did. I was inundated. So yeah, welcome, man. Glad to have you. Uh, the Bitcoin Explorers. I met hey. Ciao, guys. Ciao from Italy, guys. We are Ricky and Laura. We are the Bitcoin Explorers. We travel the world chronicling Bitcoin adoption, especially in emerging markets. Thanks for having us, Ben. I'm so glad to have you guys. It was great hanging out with you in uh, in France last year. And uh, by the way, I meant to ask you guys, are you going to be uh, at home in kind of like late July through August or are you going to be out traveling again? It depends. What do you have for us? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be in Italy with my family. I'm spending. Good. Well, that's a yes. <laughs> Ju July is a good month because yeah. Most of the conference, they start in August. So, yeah. yeah. And spring awesome. is good. It's like perfect weather in Italy. So, yeah. You should come to Milan. We are the good guys to know in Milan. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We will be in Milan, but it might be it might be a little bit later in, in August, unfortunately. So, if you guys are hitting all the conferences, I might just miss you. Uh, but I'll, I'll keep in touch either way. Um, well, I'm glad to have you both. Good to see you guys again. And uh, let's jump to Nozomi. Welcome. First time on the show. Can you give yourself a little intro? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Nozomi. I'm a prolific writer in the Bitcoin space. I've been writing since 2013. And I also contribute to the Bitcoin magazine. Awesome. I, I'm so happy to have you. I've seen that you've been, uh, yeah, you've been pumping out the content. And I, I thought it would be a good idea to have you on. So um, I'm excited to to chat and dive into everything. So again, welcome all. Let's uh, let's get into it. Anybody watching that's unfamiliar, this is Why Are We Bullish? Very simple concept. Each of us is coming with something that we're excited about, something that we're bullish about in and around Bitcoin. And it can really be anything, whatever your little heart desires. And so we're going to go by the three R's. Somebody's going to drop a reason why they're bullish. Then together, we're all going to riff on that reason. And then finally, we're going to rotate until we all get a turn. So reason, riff, rotate, simple. I'm going to get us started today. And um, I, I think I'm getting us started on a bit of a spicy topic today because uh, I, there's a lot of people that are displeased right now. And my, my news feed is inundated on Twitter with all of this crap. <laughs> um, but I'll get into specifically what I'm talking about momentarily. But I'm, I'm going to preface this with I'm kind of beginning to feel bullish 
and this is not the first time I felt bullish about this, but I'm feeling bullish about Bitcoin's censorship resistance. And so when I say that, I mean, you know, it's a protocol. There's a set of rules. And if you abide within those rules, then you can utilize the network as you see fit. Um, and that means that sometimes people are going to utilize Bitcoin in a way that pisses a lot of other people off. And um, if Bitcoin works as we think it works, there's not a damn thing we can do about it. <laughs> um, and so obviously some of you have probably figured out that I'm talking about ordinals uh, right, right in the <laughs> comment section for ordinals jump. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so yes, uh, a lot of people are pissed off about this. A lot of people think it's, it's kind of a stupid waste of space uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain. In fact, I would agree. Um, you know, posting JPEGs on the Bitcoin blockchain, I think is kind of dumb. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I don't think it's the best use of block space. However, um, I do recognize that these are valid transactions and they've paid fees. Um, I think it brings up a lot of interesting topics in and around that, though. Um, so for those unfamiliar ordinals, effectively, you can inscribe, uh, you know, a, a JPEG, an image, uh, whatever onto the Bitcoin blockchain. And one of the most, should I use the term egregious examples of this was, uh, Udi, uh, inscribing a giant JPEG of himself as like the, the Reddit Bitcoin wizard except for it says like taproot wizards and it's bald and it has this signature glasses and he did it with Luxor mining. And it was the largest Bitcoin block ever mined at almost four megabytes, um, which is kind of insane. And I think, again, I looked at it and I was like, Oh God, this is so stupid. But at the same time, you know, you, you pay fees, you get a block mined, you have transactions, you know, in the Bitcoin blockchain and, you know, it's valid. And so there's a couple things I wanted to touch on with this is one, I don't think we get to a point where um, so much of this is happening that it just pushes out all transactions and we can't transact. Um, I think that it becomes uh, that the economic reality of scarce block space comes to a head at some point. So, Right now, it's easy to occasionally pump out a four megabyte block with a giant JPEG in it um, and pay minimal fees. But sooner or later, enough people start doing this, it gets pretty expensive to start doing it en masse. And all of a sudden, the same people that were more than willing to fill up a block with a silly picture might start thinking twice when it's going to cost them hundreds or thousands of dollars to do so. Um, so yeah. And, and furthermore, if you don't like it, pay a higher fee. That's, that's kind of how the Bitcoin blockchain works. Furthermore, we've created off ramps so that if you are negatively impacted by on-chain fees, you can move to layer two. You can be transacting via lightning. It's not perfect, but there's far more, uh, far more resources to do things like that than there ever were before. Um, I also wanted to mention that this isn't the first time that silly things have been done on the Bitcoin blockchain that have taken up space. So 
uh, look back um, years ago, Satoshi Dice, basically um, online gambling uh, poker that was on a website and every single transaction from every single game was settled directly to the Bitcoin blockchain. And it very quickly started filling up blocks until the, ec the re economic reality became that it was too expensive to do. And it basically went bust. Um, same thing we saw in 2017 blocks filled up before we kind of had, you know, some, some optimization on chain and, uh, exchanges weren't batching, right? Every single withdrawal was an individual transaction. Um, and, and all of a sudden that got, that activity got too expensive and exchanges started saying, okay, yeah, we're We're going to batch transactions. Now, even Coinbase batches transactions i mean they took the longest to do it but they eventually did it because of the market pressure um and the last thing that i wanted to touch on uh there is the issue of illegal data put onto the bitcoin blockchain and this is probably the most interesting one because on, on, there's going to be you know obviously it's going to happen I, in fact, I think it already has, um, but there's going to be types of content, first of all, that every single person on this uh, panel, every single person watching finds entirely distasteful and disgusting and should be scrubbed from the Internet. Um, and then there's also going to potentially be um, freedom oriented uh, bits of information that are embedded forever as well. Um, so, you know, for those that are kind of, uh, second amendment loving individuals, again, 3d printed blueprints for guns on the Bitcoin blockchain is probably going to end up being a thing, um, for totalitarian regimes that have tried to cover up past, uh, it, you know, impose uh, impositions on people's freedom, uh, irrefutable proof of that, uh, like put on the Bitcoin blockchain as an ordinal. That's a possibility. I think there's a lot of things to think about on top of that. You know, I see in the comments that I won't say the specific examples, but you can also put some pretty awful things on there that I'm sure nobody will be excited to see. I think in the end, it's important that we realize that um, Bitcoin is for enemies and, um, you know, depending on the locale, obviously crime is crime. I think you should punish the crime, not the medium. Um, but also there's going to be situations where um, maybe a little bit of data put onto the Bitcoin blockchain is, is means freedom for people. And at, at the end of the day, I'm, I keep on thinking back to uh, something that Jeff Booth said to me. He went down to El Salvador. He spoke with a lot of people that hated Bitcoin. He discussed it with them for a while. He kind of told them how it works and they began to say, well, okay, so we can see some utility here potentially, but you've been so positive. Tell us the worst thing about Bitcoin. And his response was the worst thing about Bitcoin is that you have to be okay with the fact that your enemy, the person that you hate can use it. And even beyond that, you have to be okay with the fact that because your enemy can use it unimpeded, it makes it better and stronger for yourself. So at the end of the day, everybody's super pissed off about JPEGs on Bitcoin. Um, but I think of no better example of Bitcoin censorship resistance than Bitcoiners hating what's currently happening on Bitcoin 
um, and not being able to change it. So I'm going to leave it at that. I think again, reiterate, I think it's dumb, but I also think it points out some interesting things about Bitcoin. So I'm going to open it up. Anybody who wants to dive in thoughts, comments, questions, uh, whoever feel free. Well, I th you know, it's it's interesting that this is now getting too much a uh, lot of attention. But um, this is nothing. I mean, in my opinion is nothing new because, um, for instance, the uh, uh, WikiLeaks uh, founder Julian Assange he put uh, uh, U.S. diplomatic cables onto the big blockchain. You know, and so that you know, I mean, some might argue that these documents are illegal. You know, they they are stolen from the U.S. government, right? But I mean, so. I mean, so this has been already done. And then also Bitcoin is permissionless technology. So anyone can use it in a way that they want to use it. And the, the revolutionary aspect of Bitcoin really is that, like you say, it's a censorship resistance, right? So that attracts many people uh, who, 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 who are you know, smart enough to understand the, you know, the yeah, importance of this technology and that they would use it in a way that they want to. So, you know, and I think that in the end, I think the market would decide how we want to use Bitcoin. And if we want to value the use of Bitcoin for transaction, you know, if we want to have Bitcoin as a free money, freedom money, then I think that maybe users would respect and, and prioritize transactions over, you know, putting JPEG or, you know, so, so I think the market would in the end decide. So yeah. I, I don't think anything that we should worry about, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would echo that. You got uh, yeah. explorers. You, 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 you. I totally agree with that. Uh, we should not forget one simple thing, guys. The mm -hmm. cypherpunk code is law. Period. Yes. Actually, ordinals is a pretty elegant design. It perfectly respects the Bitcoin protocol. So code is law. If it can be done. On the Bitcoin protocol, it should and it must be done. So, uh, to be honest with you, uh, per personally, I don't, I don't think I agree with you, Ben. Uh, monkeys and gifts on the Bitcoin blockchain—that's kind of shocking when you approach it for the first time. But that said, this is just the beginning. This is a, the, the protocol is brand new. Of course, now we are on a hype. Everyone goes there and and in and, and inscribe something that is totally waste and useless. But still, uh, there are so many useful things. Uh, someone in the comment before said, uh, I think, perfect tool for whistleblower. Yeah, right on. Absolutely. Perfect tool for, for whistleblowers. Yes. And uh, as Nazomi said as well, we should not forget that we should be libertarian. So the market self-regulate. If there is a need, if there is a market for board yes, apes yes. on right. the Bitcoin blockchain, bro, I, I don't get it, <laughs> but I'm not the market. I'm just exactly. one tiny exactly. fraction exactly. of the market. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, you know, I, I think that we need to encourage innovation, you know, and so that let people build on Bitcoin, you know, and then let market decide. And I personally know the developer, Casey, 
Uh, he's a Bay Area Bitcoiner and he's a great guy with great vision. So I personally support his effort, you know, and um, let him do whatever he want to do and deliver the product and then market with design. Yeah. 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 And there's one more. There's one thing more. We are most of us here in the community. We talk a lot about the security budget issue. What's going to happen to Bitcoin at the end of the world? So I, I have always been sure that there's going to be a market for fees because there's mm. space on the block. On, on the Bitcoin blocks is precious. Uh, I like I like a lot when Linan then called that uh, uh, digital real estate. I agree with that 100%. So the space on the Bitcoin block is scarce. So if we want we want for Bitcoin to be sure to be to be safe to be. We need a market for fees, and this is also how you get a market for fees on the Bitcoin blockchain. And the the Lightning Network rocks. Mm -hmm. So who says, uh, oh, now the people in Africa are gonna pay higher fee to transact uh, to tra transact on the layer one? They don't have to transact on the layer one. They have to transact on the Lightning Network. Because they have to send one dollar. This is how the, the network is, is designed, period. Also, I think sometimes Bitcoiners tend to make the mistake of imagining Bitcoin the way they want Bitcoin to be. And I've learned this lesson from a design. I've studied product design. And the first lesson they tell you is that you don't design something that you want something that you need. If you're a good designer, you design something that the world needs. And like they tell you, you do a project, you, you think of a chair, you design the chair that you want and you throw it away because you are sure that it's not going to work. This is not what people want. So we, we need to be able to know and to understand what the people need, what the market needs. So if if to me as a Bitcoiner, like if I don't see the point of having JPEG on the time chain, we, we all agree with that. But it's not like... This is not how it works. There's no design. There's no bicycle, scissors, knife that has been invented on what I wanted. It's not just just not how it works. Yeah, it's wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be ironic too that if <laughs> because there's a lot of discussion of when the when the uh, block reward dwindles to zero, wouldn't it be ironic if if JPEGs were the buyer of last resort, <laughs> like, it would be ridiculous. But like, again, as you said, if there's a, you know, if there's a market that develops and that contributes to the security of Bitcoin, as dumb as I think JPEGs on the blockchain are, I, I mean, sure. If you, you know, if you want to spend your sats uh, to help secure the network, then, then absolutely. Now I, I, there's a comment in the comment section I want to bring up, but first I want to get Mickey's thoughts here and then I'll, and then I'll bring it up. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a cost associated with ordinals, right? And proof of work was invented kind of to prevent spam in emails. Um, and so I, I know that block this morning I heard on TFTC that it was the biggest block ever mined, but the transaction fees were not the biggest fees ever mined. And so, you know, I think over time as block space demand goes up, the, the higher fees are probably going to drive that stuff away if it's not valuable. 
And so people are going to have to start paying for it. Um, and so I think it, it'll eventually kind of solve itself. Yeah, I, th I think that market, again, the economic reality of scarce block space is is inevitable. Um, I, I want to bring in so Narwhal Tacos in the comments. Bitcoiners are, are naive about how this will be used to turn institutions and corporate leaders against Bitcoin. Um, and then he goes on to say, uh, you know, this is this is in and around. OK, so they, you know, individuals or somebody loads up a whole bunch of illegal stuff to the Bitcoin blockchain. And that gives that gives ammo to politicians and government agencies to come down on anybody hosting, a, you know, a Bitcoin node and so on and so forth. I would say if this. If if things like that end up drawing that ire and Bitcoin cannot stand up to it, then we never stood a chance in the first place. And the reason I say that is this started as, again, you know, it would have been illegal for anybody to come out the gate and say, hey, I'm creating a new currency for the first time that's non-government sanctioned and anybody can use it and it's censorship resistant and global. There's no KYC. There's nothing. You just use it. It's, had Satoshi come out the gate saying that, um, it it yeah he would have gone to it was illegal and so what i'm getting at is at any time they could have said that's just illegal had they done that and countries have done that bitcoin still functions and so the legality of whether or not bitcoin is allowed yes. um is is ir irrelevant it will continue to run so then the legality of what's on the bitcoin blockchain as much as some things myself and many others may have distaste for, especially certain types of content, um, the legality of it is irrelevant. It will continue to run. And that's kind of the important part of Bitcoin. If something illegal goes on the Bitcoin blockchain and all of a sudden Bitcoin can be shut down, I'd rather know now, to be honest, um, so, yeah, I, I definitely and, and Narwhal goes on to say um, they may not specifically go after nodes. They'll go after Sailor, Bukele, uh, Pierre Polyev in Canada, um, every institution and bank. They go they have the social ammo now to really hit Bitcoin. I mean, perhaps I I don't know if it I don't think it gets that bad that quickly. And I think the mere fact that you can say this cannot be taken down it, the the fact that they could clamp down it as hard as they wanted and it would still exist would almost show more weakness than it showed strength so i i don't know um i don't know what the answer is here um but i think regardless while it can be made an absolute pain for bitcoiners it doesn't stop bitcoin yeah i agree with you 100 percent, ben i think uh I think Bitcoiners, we are getting soft lately. We think we are on a cruise. This is going to be a bloody battle. So <laughs> bring it on. I mean, uh, let's think about it. Everyone here has this state, uh, this taste for pedopornographic pictures or, or, or movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, did uh, that bring the peer-to-peer -peer torrent network down? 
No, they're there. So the, I, I'm sorry, guys, there, the, uh, there is not a third outcome. Either Bitcoin is 100% bulletproof, either is not going to work yeah. as, a, okay. as a brand new financial system, as a brand new technology that allows us to do a lot of stuff. So it's going to be a challenge. Yes. And that's the whole point of Bitcoin, challenging everything, everyone, everywhere. Also, yeah. I think we should focus on what like any innovation could do better than it was before. It's like saying you have the chance to save 1000 people from a fire. Do you not save them because there could be some criminals? Mm -hmm. in them or you just save them all knowing that there could be some criminals you yeah. know like we should focus on what, what we could we can do better with this technology rather than what could go wrong which was going wrong anyway in like yeah yeah it's like throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right yeah, yeah we can do a lot of things with this technology um yeah I, I, I totally yeah. agree with you know um yeah all it said i i mean At this point, I mean, even now, I think the U.S. State Department can can argue that, you know, the blockchain and Bitcoin has, you know, you, the 2.5 gigabyte of U.S. diplomatic cables. And they could say that these documents are stolen and illegal. So they, they want to go, you know, trying to shut down Bitcoin. But, you know, they could maybe go after some Bitcoiners and weaponize laws to do so. But they cannot, at the end of the day, they cannot shut down Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. It's like a P2P file sharing. You know, yeah. that technology exists. Everybody can use it. And the transaction continue to happen. So, yeah. So it's a new paradigm, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, I was going to, Canadian Bitcoiners are in here. And they said that Ordinal Saga shows we need to spend more time uh, when moving forward. Speedy trial should be shelled moving forward. I wonder if Taproot would have been approved if we waited for a while. I think, again, like, it's, it's not that you couldn't put stuff on the Bitcoin blockchain before there was <laughs> examples of crap on the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, it definitely made it easier. Uh, I do think that this current saga perhaps does factor into how quickly uh, Bitcoin ossifies. Um, I think that's a good thing though. I think Bitcoin kind of ossifying and becoming completely predictable is a positive thing. You know, there's, there's some nice things that would be great to like add in, but I also wouldn't be very upset if at this point forward, it was incredibly difficult to, to soft fork and get any sort of changes moving forward because Bitcoin, it, you know, it works as is it, the layers above, we can continue to make incredible innovation You know, I'd, I would like to see a few more things added, some of the stuff that was in the roadmap. But at the same time, I understand and I will understand moving forward if soft forks maybe become almost a thing of the past in the coming five years or so. I, I, I do not know. I don't know how how uh, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next, you know, year or so with the whole ordinals thing. Um But yeah, so I don't know. I, 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 I think I'm going to try and unless there's any final thoughts, I'm going to try and wrap this topic so that I can move on to the next. But um, yeah, uh, we shall see either way. 
Bitcoin's going to do what it's going to do. And uh, it's not a not really a lick that we can do about it. So <laughs> um, with that, we're going to do a rotation. Again, shout out to everybody in the chat that is here. Uh, thank you for being here. Hit that like button. Give this a share wherever you're watching it. And we're going to jump to our next topic. And I'm going to pass it over to Mickey, actually. And, uh, and I always cue people up with the same easy question. Why are you bullish? Yeah, so my, my, my reason for being bullish is, is that Bitcoin kind of reignites uh, the American dream in cyberspace and exports it to the world. Mm-hmm. And to kind of explain that, I, I wanted to get on here and, and kind of tell how I even got here because, you know, I have like 100 followers on Twitter. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. And so hopefully, hopefully my story can help inspire some plebs to kind of try and do the same thing. And I'm sure most of you here have similar stories, right? Um, and so, you know, before Bitcoin, I, j- I just, you know, I kind of realize now that I had this subconscious resignation to live just like an ordinary life, just grind for 40, 50 years, retire when I'm 70, you know, and then try to enjoy <laughs> the golden years right um and then i found bitcoin and it it just kind of reinvigorated me you know and so like a typical pleb i'm doing thousands of hours of podcasts every year you know just dude it's it's funny because i usually listen to you at 3x speed just so i can get it in so (laughs) um right and then you know bitcoin magazine so i subscribed to bitcoin mag the physical print and i hadn't shown up in a while so I'm scrolling through their website, trying to find the customer service email. Uh, and, and I find the article submission link. And so, you know, light bulb goes on I'm like, cool idea, send it, you know, within a couple hours, they email me back. They're like, cool, man, where's your draft? And so suddenly I have to actually like produce something. Right. Um, and so I, I submitted it, you know, got into got it accepted, got into the Bitcoin chat with all the contributors. And it was just immediate welcoming, immediate, you know, support. I remember Kenobi Nakamoto was the first one literally within seconds of me joining that group, you know, just out of nowhere. He's like, Hey man, welcome. You know, what are you writing? What's going on? And I just thought it was so cool. Um, so I think it was either my second or third article. I actually got roasted by the editor, you know, hard rejection, like, but I, I realized that the that the uh, the criticism was was for the writing. It wasn't for me. And so I just kind of kept going, you know, um, took maybe 10 plus articles for me to even like publicly affiliate with my own writing on LinkedIn. Um, and just kind of afraid what what friends and family and, you know, coworkers would kind of think about it. Uh, but once I started, you know, publicly affiliating with it, like, hey, I wrote this piece. The support then was incredible and you got plebs coming out of the woodwork, you know, to connect with you on social media and support you and lift you up. Right. And so I really I just got kind of really brave in the last month. And so in the last month alone, I've gotten two paid writing gigs. One of them is from Mark Moss. So I write for Mark Moss's YouTube channel now hired by the editor that roasted me on my second or third article. Right. <laughs> and so that's fun. Um, yeah, I, I, I got published recently with Citadel 21 with a group of dads. It's basically a long streaming article of dad jokes and one liners, um, <laughs> originally rejected by the Bitcoin magazine print team 
And so we kind of <laughs> rekeyed it and submitted it to Citadel 21. And now we're in there. That sounds um, that sounds like pretty Citadel 21. That sounds like because that's uh that's hot yeah. not and uh <laughs> and cat, right? So it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds right up their alley. Yeah, and so like I got you know like a minute left, right? So I'm on BTC sessions after having Twitter for 72 hours. I responded to you, sent it out to the squad. Squad came out strong, right? And I just I just wanted to come up here and kind of tell everyone that that proof of work is not just a consensus mechanism. It's it's kind of like a way of life. And so like I'm I'm in the army, right? My views are my own. I have to say that for legal reasons, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but but Jordan Peterson, you know, kind of inspired me where it's like if if you are unhappy with your job, don't just quit. Okay, that's high time preference thinking. We got to get low time preference. You can kind of build your own destiny through through the Bitcoin decentralized permissionless community and, and build a better life for yourself. And that's that's the American dream. And now it's global. And that, that's why I'm bullish. I love that. What a great story. What a great, like encouraging. Uh, and I'll have you know that what, what did you say? You're like, I've got like, a hundred people following me on Twitter. You're at, you're at 164. <laughs> so you're up 64%. Uh, but no, that's that's super awesome. And the fact that, um, again, especially hats off to, again, one Bitcoin mag, Citadel 21, Mark Moss. It, it kind of goes to show that, that somebody can come out of the woodwork and they don't have to have like a following of, 10,000 or a hundred thousand or a million people to submit content. What they're looking for is quality, right? They're looking for unique ideas or, or very well and well put together concise ideas that can be conveyed to a, a pool of readers. And clearly they've seen that in you and the work that you provided. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's great in, in Bitcoin because it's, it's not a, a it, you know, it's it's not a, a totalitarian regime. It's also not a democracy. It tends to be a meritocracy. And so I think a lot of Bitcoiners lean by that and say, well, is what you're saying, does it have merit? Great. I'd love to boost it. And this is kind of what we see time and again, where, you know, somebody will come out of the woodwork. They'll have some great ideas. They'll boost them. Um, and, and, you know, they kind of get lifted up by plebs around the space. So it's uh, super encouraging to hear. And like you said, kind of that, I, I had a similar chat with, who was it? Jeez, I think I think it was when Mallers was on for the uh, for the Christmas special. There's Mallers and Samson Mao and Joe Hall. And we're all talking about kind of the international kind of, you know, Bitcoin proliferating through the gro- globe. And the topic came up of like, you know, America was founded on us and, and I'm Canadian. So like, you know, we, we stuck with the monarchy, but, uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, America was founded on this ideal and, and, you know, some might argue that that ideal and, and those values have kind of dissipated in that locale, but they do live on in a global sense of, of being able to kind of, you know, carve out your own destiny and live your life as you see fit. And, you know, as long as you're not trampling on what other people are doing, being able to contribute and, and, uh, and, and kind of form your own destiny. And I think Bitcoin is kind of just the, the, 
the continuation of some of those those ideals, like you said, uh, playing out on a global scale, and that's beautiful to see. So uh, I'll stop chatting here. I'm going to let uh, Nozomi or uh, the Explorers uh, chime in here, whoever wants to take it. I want to ask you a question. Were you a writer before? Did you like writing before you found Bitcoin? I, I learned everything I know about writing uh, mm -hmm. from my ninth grade high school English class. So <laughs> shout out to Mrs. Webb. You had a uh -huh. great class. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. Interesting. I think, yeah, it's, your story is very beautiful. I mean, I, I'm a writer too. And, um, you know, I mean, in the fiat system, the established uh, media outlet, I mean, they, they select writers on their own, right? And then there is no place for people to submit uh, their content. And uh, I think that in Bitcoin space, I mean, it's the real kind of meritocracy, you know, the real market that recognizes what each person brings um, rather than, you know, credentials or, um, yeah. So I, I think it's beautiful that now I think anyone, you know, it's really like permissionless, right? Anyone can just follow um, what he or, he or she want to do and and then just act on it and then just to see how we how how it's gonna turn out and then you are you know i mean experience is the beautiful example of this you know it's it's such a i think it's very inspiring so thank you for sharing i love it explorers uh yeah this is so cool and th the cool part is that this is just the beginning mickey i'm so happy for you but the thing is this bitcoin is opportunity right mm -hmm. when i all right full disclosure i'm 43 and i discovered bitcoin in 2017 and i was working full-time as a human rights activist and involved in politics and i was so frustrated that was <laughs> so frustrated because that's the fiat word and yeah. it does not work period no way you're gonna make it work yeah. and when i finally found bitcoin i realized that it's such a powerful tool. And now, after seven years, I'm full-time on Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is an opportunity, not for you, Miki, not for me, not for Ben, not for you, Nazomi, for everyone out there. So you should all get inspired by all the possible stories and think about what Bitcoin still have to tell and what Bitcoin still has to do. It's going to be awesome. This is just the beginning, guys. It's so early. Bitcoin is a wake-up call to the world. It's like in Italy 10 years ago, no one speak, spoke English, for example. So if you were able to do your job well and you spoke English, you had much more opportunity than your friends. This is what I think is happening in Bitcoin now a lot of people think that orange peeling means making your friends buying bitcoin or teaching them about the hash rate and proof of work and the merkle tree or like taproot i think orange peeling to me is teaching my graphic designer friends web designer friends communicator marketing 
any kind of job that you can do digitally within internet, just making them accepting Bitcoin or working in the Bitcoin ecosystem because there are a lot of opportunity now there because it is the future, is the technology of the future, but it's not that you have to know everything about Bitcoin itself. This is something that is like not easy to know. It's not that a graphic designer can know Bitcoin like Adam Beck know Bitcoin, you know, and this is a thing that main obstacle that a lot of people and young kids have meanwhile you can just be a graphic designer accepting bitcoin in your website and starting working from a lot of people all around the world and getting paid super fast super easily from whoever of course you need to know that you need to know why it is the technology of the future but it's just like it's a it's a highway it's like a highway for success i would say which is not only all about bitcoin but if you know about bitcoin is like speaking english in italy 15 years ago i know you guys speak english very well but like we don't we don't <laughs> but i see a lot of people finding a better job just because they knew english or just because they knew another language you know even though they they could make their job just like their friends but they knew english so just learn about bitcoin and start working with better people. I, I think that's a fantastic point. Again, like um, the, I, I also think the incentives align to make people become better at their craft because Bitcoiners are inherently low time preference. So they're willing to pay more for better quality products and services. And so you come into the space, obviously there's going to be like, if you're offering some sort of a unique service and, and currently there's not a lot of people that are offering that service um, that also accept Bitcoin, Bitcoiners will likely gravitate towards you. However, when people see that, oh, you know, there's a good customer base of Bitcoiners that want to live on Bitcoin and want to, well, there's going to be more people that come into your specific area of expertise and accept bitcoin well and especially as they discover what bitcoin is and so you're going to have to get better and better at your craft and you're going to have to level up very quickly and i think your leveling up is going to to be parallel to your knowledge of how important bitcoin is because if you start missing out on sats because some other person has come up and they're doing a better job than you you're going to say, no, 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 no. I want those sats really bad. So I better improve my craft. I better offer something that other people can't. And I, I think the way this goes is that, again, it's it's this what Mickey has said here in around kind of this ideal of the American dream. It's not It's not equal outcome, but it's equal opportunity. And anybody who wants to work for it, anybody who wants to actually grind and create something of value will reap the benefits because Bitcoin returns us to a place where we value craftsmanship, where we value people who have really honed their craft. And, uh, and I look forward to that world coming to fruition because I'm already seeing it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to also say that um, the market is global and you never know who is actually, who is going to buy your work. And for instance, you know, I've been like for a long time I, I was I've been writing for free, right? I never expected that I would ever be paid for 
writing, you know, doing something that I'm so passionate about. And then one day somebody gave me one whole Bitcoin for the op-ed I wrote, you know, saying, Nozomi, this is beautiful. And then just gave me one Bitcoin. And then at that time, the Bitcoin was $200, right? But then, then it gone up to, you know, obviously, I mean, I got it when I, I mean, it was in 2013 and it gone up to like, you know, 60K. Mm-hmm. So then, wow, you know, I kept that, right? And then, wow, like this Bitcoin, one Bitcoin that somebody that I don't know gave me just turned into 60K. So like what an expensive upward I've written, right? <laughs> and obviously I lost that Bitcoin anyway, which was an accident, so I don't have one now. But yeah, but so that's a good example, you know, that there, there are goodwills that people want to, you know, share Bitcoin. People want to value you know, what we create. So it's very exciting, you know, and, um, you know, we don't have to be poor, like the artists or writers, you know, we, in the fiat system, we don't make shit, you know what I mean? We don't make money, but now Bitcoiners around the world whose body of work going to pay for us, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 It's, <laughs> I mean, I, f- I feel you, Nozomi. I've I've had so many boating accidents. <laughs> it's it's so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what are you what are you partaking in your beverage this evening? Because I think I think we're both having something. Uh, um, what are you sipping on? Cup of coffee, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm the only person that's, that's partaking. I don't. In I that. don't yeah, drink. We do coming out. It's midnight here. <laughs> We come from a party. We're basically drunk. I've drunk, so this is water. <laughs> I swear. Yes. Uh, well, cheers, cheers to all cheers. of you. Cheers, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, guys, I, so fantastic topic. I'm gonna do a rotation here, but I have to do a shout out to somebody in the audience here. He's a longtime fan. He's been absent for a while. He used to come every single episode he was the biggest fan he was always in the comments section he's always throwing in his hot hot takes on everything um his his name is david and he he's here every week or he was here every week he's just returned um he hates bitcoin (laughs) but (laughs) he continues to watch the show at least he, he maybe he took a hiatus but he's back and David wants everybody to know that Bitcoin is game over. It's not going anywhere. It won't save you. Uh, he also said that Bitcoin is only a $450 billion market cap now and that there is no hope. David, I love you, man. You're the star of the comment section. Never change. Continue to come back. David is the mascot for BTC Sessions. I feel like every Bitcoin show needs a David. And and yeah, I you know... You're my spirit animal, David. Never change. Keep coming back. Star of the show. Thanks for being here. Uh, <laughs> with, with that, and I'm I'm not kidding. He's actually like would show up every show for like a full calendar year, and just in the comments, guys, this is going to zero. Guys, it's worthless. It's never gonna. It's down. It's down. Guys, it's down. Uh, so, <laughs> so, anyways, welcome back. Are you sure, David is not Peter Schiff. <laughs> There's been speculation before. It's very possible. Um, not not sure. Uh, perhaps. I mean, you know, we, we we're assuming his gender here too. Perhaps it, maybe it's Janet Yellen. 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, maybe he'll do a grand reveal someday, but, uh, David, thanks for having, thanks for coming back. I, I, uh, really enjoy having you here, <laughs> but we're going to do a rotation. Uh, we're going to jump to, uh, Ricky and Laura, the Bitcoin explorers. And I'm going to just tee you off with a simple question. Why are you bullish? Mm. Why are we bullish? Okay. Uh, we are bullish because Bitcoin works and it's happening, right? We just came back from a long expedition in Central America. We've been through El Salvador, Costa Rica, Guatemala, and we wow. have seen with our own eyes local communities, grassroots communities using Bitcoin to perfect their life in so many different shapes. And this is probably the thing I'm more bullish um, Bitcoin is so complex, right? It's not black or white, it's so many shades. And when you see it playing uh, its game in completely different social environments and economic environments, right? For example, Guatemala is so much different than Venezuela, than Venezuela for sure, than Costa Rica. Um, they have different problems. They have a different social uh, community. They have different goals in their life. Some of them they can save. Uh, some, they, some of them they cannot. Who can save money usually is in a better economy. So they do have access to credit cards. But Bitcoin for them is an opportunity to boost their commerce. Who's, who lives in a more poor and less developed country does not have maybe yet money to save in Bitcoin, but they don't have, they have zero ac access to the financial world, to a bank account or to digital payments. And Bitcoin solved that problem yeah. too. So what makes me bullish is to see all these grassroots community and then uh, guys are doing the bitcoin island uh, in the philippines and there is the bitcoin sea in turkey and there is another bitcoin bitcoin jungle in um, in uh, brazil we, even, even richer places like lugano oh yeah. in switzerland oh yeah. is trying to make a local economy in bitcoin over there because it responds to any kind of need so i think mm. when you go on the street and as a Bitcoiner, you have to go on the streets. Like it doesn't matter if you're your streets, but or other local communities, you really need to start talking with people, trying to build them, trying to talk with the people that are using Bitcoin, because it gives you a completely other perspective than Bitcoin Twitter. Like when you when you actually talk with people that are using Bitcoin, it just really changes everything yeah. it's, just, it's just no brainer yeah. you go there you see that you go back to sleep yeah very tight because it's just happening i mean really bitcoin is one size fits all and this is the most exciting thing i i, I could witness with my own eyes and there is another thing i'm bullish uh of i we all love el salvador it's great mm. what they're doing there it's yeah. beautiful experiments but there are issues in, in El Salvador as well. And I think, to be honest with you, I think this is good because this proves that bottom-up 
adoptions are better than top-down adoption. And this is great because we need no laws. The code is law already and Bitcoin is code. There are much more Bitcoiners than governments yeah. in the world and yeah. legal tenders in the world. So if it is true that bottom-up approach works better, which it is because we proved that in four months, that means that there's a big opportunity for any kind of Bitcoin circular economy to be born anywhere. Everyone can do what the guys at the Bitcoin jungle are doing, what the guys at the Bitcoin lake are doing. Everyone can. All you need, all you need is your smartphone and a local community to start from. And, this is so exciting. And you don't even need to start from one thousand oh, merchants. Yeah. You start from your favorite restaurant, then you talk with the coffee place where you go. Yeah. You have years to do that. You know, this, the guys at the Bitcoin jungle have been working for a year. They one are, year, guys. Only one year. They are entrepreneurs, 30 merchants, 40 merchants. It's not like 2,000. But yeah. if you go there and you actually can live in Bitcoin only, that just makes you realize that it, it's possible to do it anywhere. It doesn't matter where you live. Just try to do that tomorrow. I love this so much. Um, I... I think there's such value in focusing local and ground up. Um, I, I think early on, and I'm talking like 2014, 2015, there was this mentality of like, let's, let's basically try to force, not force, but like coerce large companies into accepting Bitcoin. And, and, they did it as like, oh, everybody's going to come here and because you have Bitcoin. And so they did it as like a marketing shtick, right? They'd be like, oh, we accept Bitcoin. And then they're thinking like a bunch of people are going to buy Bitcoin and then come to us and then spend Bitcoin. And it was it was totally ass backwards. It was it was not connecting Bitcoiners with Bitcoiners. It was connecting fiat shitcoiners with Bitcoiners. <laughs> And so what were they doing? It was like, we're going to accept Bitcoin. And in, the he in their head, they're like, oh, we're going to get a bunch of Bitcoin, which we can then dump for dollars. And then lo and behold, there weren't that many Bitcoiners that wanted to like use those goods and services, especially at the time it was very early. And then, and then inevitably you get these large companies dropping support for Bitcoin payments. Um, I think the idea of establishing local communities and building relationships with individuals in your town, in your city, whatever it may be, mm. and exchanging with local merchants or goods, you know, goods and services, whatever it may be, is is so yeah. integral to making this work, right? We see yeah. we see the top-down approach. And and okay, so I'm gonna uh, you guys, I haven't been to El Salvador, so I, I, I am unfamiliar with what it's like. Obviously, I, I definitely understand that the, the ground up grassroots, hey, this is going to make life easier for you. Do you want to try this out? That approach, the people that dive into that and understand it voluntarily and jump in is, is going to have more of a, a foothold. And when it's done forcefully from the top, there's going to be much more opposition, obviously, because there's not a choice in that 
approach. Um, I, I have to believe that the, the, the kind of like global eye on something like that will have an effect in terms of curiosity, but it's going to take, it's going to take longer. It's, it's kind of like a high time preference thing where it's like, Oh, another country accepted it. But then (laughs) the consequence of that is like Bitcoin went down and then like all those, you know, headlines of like El Salvador is going to go bankrupt and so on and so forth for, you know, the ensuing bear market. Um, but yeah, that ground up grassroots connect with your locals mentality. I, th- it, it's just the way to go. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so on this kind of wavelength right now. And I've, I've, I've started to, there's a local, I, I live in Calgary in Canada and uh, and I've started to go to the the meetups regularly, and every single meetup, I, I you know I, I don't run the meetups, so I'm like, hey, can I get please get up for five minutes? And at the beginning of every meetup, now I'm going, hey, just so you know, like I'm trying to connect local businesses, services, whatever, uh, with each other that are willing to sell Bitcoin, but also I want to hear from people that are looking for specific things that they like to be able to pay in Bitcoin for. And so this then extrapolates out of, you know, you, you get, say you get 50 people in a room for a meetup and somebody comes up and says, Hey, I'm looking for eggs. I just want eggs and poultry. Uh, and, and maybe there's nobody in the room. I asked last time there was somebody in the room and I found eggs for Bitcoin, but (laughs) besides the point, um, it gets everybody in the room thinking, Hey, I've got a friend actually, that's a poultry farmer. Maybe I can start to, you know, throw to them, Hey, like there's somebody who's looking locally rather than like going through the typical, uh, you know, hoops that you have to jump through much like the beef initiative is saying that the whole food industry is broken, connect with your local farmers and actually buy direct from them. Again, it cuts out all the red tape. It cuts out like all the BS and you're connected directly with an individual and you're sourcing your food or whatever else it may be from them. And you're you're paying them in a money that has value that both of you value that you're not trying to dump that you don't get paid in and think, oh, whatever's left over after my bills has to be in something else because it's just going to decay. It's wonderful. I'm getting this. And whatever I don't have to, you know, spend on my expenses, I'm going to save. And it will not only retain my value, but likely as long as I have low enough time preference, will the purchasing power of this will continue to grow. And that type of relationship, as we're talking about with Mickey's topic, Mm-hmm. It, it it breeds this kind of mentality of not only do I want to do more of this, but I want to improve on what I'm doing. So I attract more people to do it. I met up or I, I, I'm this is kind of end and I'm going to toss it in the zone because I want to hear her thoughts and Mickey's. Um, I, I, I watch what's happening with the beef initiative with Texas slim. Um, anybody unfamiliar, basically Texas slim is trying to get, uh, you know, cattle ranchers to connect with their local communities and go direct peer to peer transacting 
people buying beef. And obviously, Bitcoin is a no brainer there in terms of peer to peer mm -hmm. transactions. And so he's kind of marrying Bitcoiners and beef, you know, the, the whole like Bitcoiner uh, uh, carnivore thing also lines up with that. I'm not a carnivore, but I do enjoy my steaks. Um, so I saw what they were doing and I was like, oh, I wonder if they have anybody in Canada, especially in Alberta, where I am. And Alberta is like pretty famous for its beef. And I look and there's nobody on the website. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. So I tweet out and I'm like, is there... Are there any Alberta cattle ranchers? Does anybody know any cattle ranchers that would be keen on selling beef for Bitcoin? I shit you not. Three minutes later, I had a reply on Twitter. Say, hey, I'm an Alberta cattle rancher. Would you like to buy my beef? And then like a couple of weeks later, dude drives three hours to my city with a trunk full of beef, which me and my friends split on my friend who also got into Bitcoin through me, we paid him in Bitcoin and we split a quarter of a cow and it's delicious. I, I bought a freezer for it. I stocked it full of beef. I, I got it in October. We're not even close to finishing. Um, and it's incredible. And since then, the dude was like, hey, you know, I think I've got some extra cuts and everything. Can you just maybe put the word out on Twitter? I tweeted out thinking like, I don't know, how many other Albertan Bitcoiners looking for <laughs> Bitcoin could there be? I was inundated with messages <laughs> saying, where's the beef guy? Uh -huh. tell, me, tell me where the beef guy is. So if you are a Bitcoiner and you do anything other than sit on your ass, <laughs> offer something, tell people. And tell people that you want to accept Bitcoin for it because people will come out of the fucking woodwork and they will wow. pay you in sats to get your quality, whatever it is you offer. So there's the end of my rant. I'm sorry I went on. I'm excited about it. I love you guys for bringing this up. Uh, but uh, maybe I'll go to Mickey first if you have thoughts and then we'll go to Nozomi. Yeah, so I think a lot of that story is, is kind of like how Bitcoin empowers individual and, and small communities to kind of lift them up, right? And so on, on the other side of that coin, but similar theme is, is how Bitcoin lifts up societies, right? And so I see a lot of this playing out with, with Brandon Quittam's uh, pioneer species thesis. And so your, your story was like business and all that. And, and I'm kind of thinking towards the integration of, of Bitcoin mining and, and energy production, especially in Africa, super bullish on Africa. And then we just had, um, I think it was the first small uh, modular reactor um, in Canada, right? And so that that's that's kind of the new hotness in, in the energy space right now. And so and so I see kind of this integration between Bitcoin mining and energy lifting up societies in, in places like Africa, and then potentially even you know reinvigorating like the American Midwest. You know, people call it the Rust Belt because they used to have so much manufacturing. I mean, if we can bring cheap and abundant energy to the world, I mean, that's a huge opportunity for everyone in society, right? And that's that's what I'm really kind of kind of excited about. In in addition to obviously the the individuals and the businesses. Absolutely, Nizomi, you had, you had some thoughts. Well, I mean, I think that it's time for us to build our own community, you know, and um, and I think that I mean, Bitcoiners are, I mean. I'm going to talk about this uh, for my section, why I'm bullish, but I personally think that Bitcoiners are, 
you know, very important. You know, Bitcoiners are critical, you know, second layer of Bitcoin, in my opinion. And that we, I mean, it's, it's, it's wonderful to see how people are actually connecting to one another and then, you know, face to face, heart to heart and interact with each other. And I mean, that's very essential. And, you know, I mean, you guys probably know what's happening, but, you know, the World Economic Forum, they just uh, had an annual meeting in mid-January, uh, right, in Switzerland, the, the Davos, and that they basically talked about, you know, their way of uh, engineering economy and the using metaverse and, you know, basically we would just uh, own nothing and be happy, right? That's their agenda. And they want us to be dependent on their system. And I think that it's it's essential that we start to rely on ourselves and um, yes, yeah, start producing goods. And then, I mean, what Ben talks about, this beef example is a good one, you know, that we, you know, we all have, all of us have things to share and that it's just the, we can connect on social media, but it's time for us to connect, uh, yeah, face to face and start sharing our values. And by the way, I make 100% organic, um, uh, non-sugar um, chocolate, Bitcoin chocolate. So if you want to, you know, buy me some with sats, you know, just let me know. Where um, where can they, wait, we we don't pass that by. Where can people find that? Meetup, uh, Bitcoin meetup. If you live in the Bay Area, I, you know, I bring chocolates uh, at the meetup. So you can just uh, buy some. All right, yeah. head up that Bay Area yeah. Bitcoin meetup. I love yeah. it. <laughs> That's awesome. The um, candy girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't trust. Just just verify by eating this, you know. I cannot guarantee the taste. You have to just eat it. I just want to add one thing about this topic. We spend so much time fighting and arguing with shit corners on yeah. Twitter, on social networks, even in our own bubble. But when you go on the street, you just see that there's just like... No shit going on. There's street. only Bitcoin. Like there's no, it's no it's it's a bubble. It's a super loud bubble on Twitter. But when you go on the street, no one is buying Solana on the street. Like no mm. one is selling JPEG on the street for cash. <laughs> it's just not happening. Yeah. You yeah. have a completely different perspective when you just talk with people in the world. Even if you explain them how to buy and sell Bitcoin, how to accept Bitcoin, you realize it's just a no-brainer. Like it's not gonna happen with any other mm. shit token, altcoins, whatever you wanna call them. So to me, <laughs> to me that was like a relief. Not not that I didn't know that before, but it's just like a meditation therapy for Bitcoiners to to just yeah. leave Twitter and go on the street. It just makes yeah. you realize it's a waste of time to argue about that on Twitter. And I say it to myself because I still. She gets, she gets she gets trolled, trolled a lot all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so to I'm me, too old for that. To me, yeah. it's a therapy to go like yeah. emerging markets to see that it's just yeah. it's a bubble, it's a marketing bubble. So it's not yeah. happening. Like guy, no, not even worry about it. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, more... I, I want to ask you what you think about President uh, Bukele. Because, um, for, you know, for me, he seems to be a real Bitcoiner. You know, he's a genuinely orange-peeled Bitcoiner. And uh, he's actually creating good changes. But what, what, what's your perspective on that? 
So that was fun. See you guys Thank later. You. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. Uh, our perspective, personally, my perspective is that he is a politician. Mm. And if you are a politician, you cannot be a real Bitcoiner, period. Mm. So I think President Bukele is a very clever guy. I've, mm. I spent, we spent four months Five. in the past year in El Salvador. He's, do, he's doing good for his mm. people. El Salvador is a safer country. Mm -hmm. I disagree on uh, with who calls Bukele a dictator. He mm -hmm. he has he's, he has a wide support in the country. So mm -hmm. I'm not anti Bukele right. at all. Mm -hmm. That said, I think he has his own agenda. Mm -hmm. I think he's not a Bitcoiner because mm. otherwise, if Bukele was a Bitcoiner, uh, Chivo Wallet would have a non-custodial option in it. There wouldn't be a Chivo Wallet. There is not. There, there is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they would be using... If Bukele was a Bitcoiner, Chivo would, wouldn't be a spyware. And it is a spyware. And so, to be honest with you, I disagree with Bitcoiners that do campaign for Bukele. I think mm. we should not be involved in politics at all. I think it's a mistake to trust politicians all over the world, wherever they are, blue, red, they are all liar and selfish people. And that's what they do. That's why they're there. That's how they've been elected, period. Mm. Yeah, we, I think we make the mistake by thinking that we need more presidents like Bukele when it's just there are more presidents like Bukele than need Bitcoin. Like, is the... Is, all the opposite. There are more president maybe managing a small country that need a reason to like improve their people in their unbanked situation. So that's why they need Bitcoin. But we as Bitcoiner, we, we shouldn't see in Bukele the, our final goal because it's not. It's politicians that need Bitcoin, not Bitcoin that needs politicians. So it, to me, it's like seeing a president using internet. Of course he's using internet because mm -hmm. it's technology and as a technology it's neutral yeah. and it's using people. So to me it's just like, of course he's using Bitcoin because mm -hmm. he's, he's mm -hmm. smart. He's a smart guy that knows mm -hmm. where the technology is going. Mm -hmm. But as Ben mm -hmm. said, your friend and your enemy are both using the same technology to reach mm -hmm. their goal. And we should be fine with that. Mm. But and to me, it's 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 great that he's using Bitcoin because it's. I mean, mm. what are we talking about? Is the technology of the future? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't make me think that that's the way to go because it's not. Mm -hmm. At the end of the days, uh, I think politicizing Bitcoin is more dangerous than ordinals. <laughs> yeah, uh, I <laughs> spicy take. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would tend to agree. Uh, also, Laura, I just wanted you to know that you said uh, you go out, you see Bitcoin in the street. David Wong says, I don't see Bitcoin in the street. Uh, thank you, David. That's because he lives in Dubai, probably. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, David. I value your opinion. Thank you for chiming in. Always excellent uh, sound bits from David. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with that, I'm going to segue, we're going to do a rotation. And, uh, first of all, I'll say thank you everybody in the chat. 
keep them coming. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pull up things when I can. Uh, before we jump to Nozomi, uh, I'm just going to say again, uh, Nunya business was excited to hear that you were Bay area. So Bay area yeah. represent, <laughs> uh, and then uh, there were, oh yeah, Troy, Troy Cross. Also, Troy Cross, by the way, uh, he might. Is, mm. he's, he's writing a book called The Progressive's Case for Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, I just did um, a panel with him in Toronto. We, uh, we went to Queen's University and we chatted there with a whole bunch of people, including a member of parliament in Canada, all about Bitcoin. Super interesting. Awesome guy. Um, funny, like I find myself on the, I would have been very politically, uh, aligned with Troy if you stepped back like six years, seven years. And now I find myself on the opposite side of the political spectrum, but not entirely. Cause he assures me that the Canadian conservatives are basically the American Democrats, um, so nonetheless, uh, Troy is awesome. And, uh, he, he was saying, you don't ship your chocolate, Nozomi? You don't? Not yet? Well, not yet. I mean, if I find out the logistics, maybe I will. Oh, yeah. Cost and, yeah. Oh, wait, Troy. Oh, God, I'm, I'm mixed up. I'm thinking, uh, we'll pay like five bucks for the chocolate yeah. and 45 from. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I mixed up Troy and Jason. Jason Mayer is the, is the, <laughs> but Troy is on the same end of the political spectrum. That's why I mix oh. them up. Anyways, Troy is also awesome. And I hung out with him. Uh, we did a recording of what Bitcoin did in LA for. Uh, do, do you guys know um, Roger 9000? He's a musician uh, in London. Do you know him? Roger um, 9000? He's a musician. I, I he don't. also makes chocolate. I mean, I, he taught me how to make them. So. If you live in Europe, maybe he can ship them, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe maybe we'll we'll get we'll make it happen. Troy, yeah. I apologize to you. Uh oddly enough, you and Jason, because you're effectively the same person. <laughs> this is this is terrible to say. They're effectively the same person in my brain right now. Uh, <laughs> because we we are I, I not necessarily well, they're both American and both left-leaning. And I'm Canadian and right-leaning, which apparently is very much the same thing. And they both kind of look a little similar. Um, they're, <laughs> anyways, nonetheless, yeah, he agrees. Cut it short. It's, I think <laughs> it's better. He's, he's, he's in the comments, and we look alike. You do, um, but I, you know, I do distinguish. I don't know why, but like again, they just like melded into my brain as the same person, and I'm an idiot. And now I feel so stupid because I spent so much time. We went to like dinner in LA with Troy and I was at a cafe. <laughs> I am super embarrassed right now because I'm such a moron. Nonetheless, Troy, thanks for being here. Jason, we'll see this later. And I will be equally embarrassed when he DMs me about it. Uh, nonetheless, I'm going to move on. Nozomi. Uh, I've been ranting for too long. I'm going to pass it to you. I'm going to tee you up with a simple question. Yeah. Why are so, you bullish? I mean, I'm always bullish on Bitcoiners, but this week um, I am so excited about them that, I mean, we are going to launch a new Bitcoin meetup here in Berkeley. And um, uh, before that, I got a shout out to the Bay Area Bitcoiners. So if you are uh, watching this, um, 
you know, I appreciate your presence and um, Thomas Mills of Bitbeefill. Thank you for sponsoring our event. So we now have eight, uh, over eight meetup groups in the Bay Area, and it's just simply, it's it's just growing. And then we are going to add one more uh, Bitcoin meetup tomorrow, actually, in Berkeley. And this one is very unique, not because I am hosting it, but also it's going to be at the cafe. So usually Bitcoin meetups happen at the bar, right? So one of my Bitcoiner friends, Antonio, you know, he wants to quit drinking. And he told me that anytime like he go to, you know, Bitcoin meetups, then he's just pressured to just drink and I cannot quit drinking. So then I said, okay, maybe there is a good idea. Let's have a meetup at the cafe over coffee and tea and chocolate, you know? So that's how, you know, this, this idea came about. And then we are gonna do it tomorrow. So this is very exciting. And I think that, yeah, I think it's, it's good that, that we have these meetups and the Bitcoiners come together and, and we share excitement and then we learn to cooperate together and build a better system, you know, better than what the WEF is, is, you know, that these folks gonna do, you know? So, so that's one thing that I'm very, very, very excited about. And then also I learned um, this Wednesday that uh, Bitcoin Miami 2023, right? They just announced that this exciting um, initiative called the Bitcoin game. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. And so I'm yeah. going to just read um, the description on their about page. Okay. So it says the Bitcoin games is a community initiative from Bitcoin magazine, which highlights the grassroots movement taking place in cities around the world. Our growing network of Bitcoin only meetups will compete for a chance to win the full Bitcoin for their meetup to further invest in their community development ambitions, to further accelerate hyper-Bitcoinization. Our goal is to encourage and invest in local Bitcoin meetups through resources, education, and promotion of their effort. So that here are the rules of the games. Each meetup team must have a minimum of four people and up to a maximum of 12 people on their team's roster. Participants must be local members of their respective meetup, and the meetup must be a registered member of the Bitcoin Magazine Meetup Network. Each competitor will need to have at least a GA ticket, general uh, um, ticket for the, for the conference, and then a bulk discount available for teams who have not yet purchased a ticket. The game will take place on site at Bitcoin 2023 within the main expo hall during the day one, and then championship game would take place GA day two. So that the contest included things like pizza eating, chess, speed signer. I mean, how exciting is this? I'm so jazzed about this. I mean, this is something that we needed. I mean, we need to have a way to celebrate us coming together and play games together, you know? So, I mean, I cannot, you know, participate in a pizza eating, but I can do something else, maybe play kick chess or something. But this is a really brilliant idea, in my opinion. So yeah, so this is something I'm very, very excited about. I, I love that. I, I, I was privy of the, the, the Bitcoin games. And mm -hmm. I, again, like the encouragement of the local meetups. Yes. This kind of plays perfectly into, in, in, into the previous topic is that kind of local ground up grassroots exactly. build of Bitcoiners, right? Like you yeah. have, 
you have all these people that, you know, especially if, I mean, we've all experienced it at one point or another, the I'm in Bitcoin and I know no one. Mm-hmm. And then you meet your first in-person Bitcoiner and you're ecstatic because for the first time you get to talk about Bitcoin to somebody that wants to hear it. Exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and it's, it's invigorating. Like, and, and you go to these meetups and, and the passion and, and everybody like, well, obviously we're never all going to have the exact same ideals by and large. The trajectory is the same. The, the general beliefs are the same. The general kind of end point is the same. And so the encouragement, uh, you know, again, hats off to Bitcoin Magazine for doing yeah. that or for encouraging these local meetups because I've seen it where they, you know, they'll send, you know, like a, a, a whole bunch of magazines to give away at the meetups. They'll do a whole bunch. They'll send a bunch of swag. They'll, they'll do whatever. But I think this is kind of like a, a cool, unique way of, of saying like of recognizing the various meetups from around the city and making mm-hmm. people a, uh, around the city, around the country, around the yeah. world and making people aware that there even is a community there. And that if there's not, you should start one. Yeah. I think it's, it's powerful. I don't know. Exactly. Like, if, if anybody wants to jump in, I, I, I don't want to take up too much time, but you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Can I hit this real quick? Yeah. 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 You I go ahead. I want to be in the pizza eating uh, team. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, you go and then and then we'll jump to the explorers for some thoughts too. Yeah. So I finally turned down the comments. Yeah, yellow. So behind my head is a flag, discipline equals freedom. It's Jocko Willink. So yeah, you you spied that right. Um I'm in my garage because I have three kids and no privacy. And so this is my <laughs> podcast studio. Uh, <laughs> so I like I this this really excited me is like the community aspect, right? And, and so I think two weeks ago, I, w- I was in a trip, um, had a layover in Nashville. And so I went over to Nashville's uh, Bitcoin Park, right? And so I'm hanging out with one of the Bitcoin magazine editors. And, you know, these all these people just start walking in. And so there was like this VP of NYDIG, this open source coder, and then this big name podcast host that I'm not going to dox on here. But and we, we all just hung out, man. And it was like everyone was just as excited as everyone else to talk about Bitcoin. And we ended up hanging out for like an hour and then we walked down the street and all got tacos together. And so it's just, it's just the community aspect of Bitcoin and, oh. and like the social network that we've built together. And I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about like the actual social network. And it's like, even if Bitcoin fails, it makes me so bullish because of all these relationships we have together. We're, we're going to figure it out regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And I, uh, <laughs> what you've just said, again, even if Bitcoin fails, there's a, and this plays into your topic as well, there's, there's a set of ideals that have been established. And with the failure of Bitcoin, all of these people have still made connections. Mm-hmm. All of these people have still realized like, yeah. hey, we have common values. How do we figure this thing out? So as resilient as I think Bitcoin is, and as much as I believe it's going to succeed and it's going to outlast any state that tries to stop it, (laughs) the thing that will truly outlast anything 
is the individuals that have made connections with like-minded values. And that cannot be stamped out. It will proliferate. It will continue. It will grow. And even if you're able to stamp out pockets of it around the globe, it will survive. Yes. It will continue. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Also, I feel like as you continue to do shows, you shouldn't change your background. You need to you need to keep it the same because that background, the discipline. What what does it say? It's it's Jocko Willink. Discipline equals freedom. Um, so he's like a Navy SEAL guy. He's been on Rogan a bunch of times. He's got his own podcast now too. That's that's great. I love that. Yeah, don't change that background. You got weights. You got workout equipment. You've got a slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Don't change that. We'll, we'll work on op- upgrading the, the microphone and the camera. doesn't matter. We'll get you some good lighting. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I, I wouldn't change a thing about your background. Uh, I'm glad that Yellow pointed that out. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm going to open it up to everybody else. Comments, questions. I want to add that building a community is not only fun, is not only amazing, is necessary. Yes. If we are taking salts and we want to be able to ourselves before dying, if we want to see this revolution happening, we need Bitcoin happening like fast. And it is inevitable. But sometimes I think that Bitcoiners get too comfortable with the idea that Bitcoin is inevitable and they just take sats, do nothing all day long, waiting for other people to, you know, do the job. Meanwhile, we are like early adopter. We need to do the job. We need to orange peel more people. We need to build and incentivize companies to build better products, better services on Bitcoin. I mean, we are using internet because smartphone has been invented social networks has been have been invented we're just we're not just using internet and this is something that i think is very 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 important so we need to be more active in the community spend our bitcoin replacing them all the time and stop supporting the fiat system we need to buy bitcoin spend bitcoin replace them and like do we do that as much as we can with local communities building local communities because it's fun but it's also necessary if you wanna see this revolution because i'm not saying it's not happening but it it could take much longer than what we expect so stop being lazy and i'm talking with all the bitcoiners out there and like build a revolution not just watch it yeah partake replace yourself yeah Exactly. Buy Nozomi's cookies. <laughs> that's, that's what needs to happen here. No, it, yes. it, absolutely. Um, you know, we need to continue down this path. We need to build those connections. We need to reach out to the local, you know, local Bitcoiners. If, if you don't do that, you're not truly partaking. There's so many avenues that you can partake in Bitcoin. But I think focusing on the digital is a mistake. Um, the fact that Bitcoin itself is digital lends itself to, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to partake in Bitcoin in a digital sense, but the, the digital aspect of Bitcoin enables the physical peer to peer 
relationship building aspect of Bitcoin. And that's kind of the core of what we're getting back to. It's it's that which was clamped down upon and which has limited freedoms for people that is being reclaimed through the digital realm. And yes. and we get this weird kind of marriage of, of the digital of the and the physical. And we're again, we're, we're using the digital realm to ensure our physical freedom. Yes. So I, I don't know if I'm too just disjointed there, but you know, I, I, it's it's a weird juxtaposition of like, hey, everything's online. And then all of a sudden you see the shift of Bitcoiners saying, what about meeting people? What about right. actually forging relationships with people I can see in person? And when I see that coming from something that was created in cyberspace, it makes me think that that thing is is not a fad it has spurred on qualities and habits in humanity that we haven't seen for a while and i think that's important yeah anyways i'm sorry i got i i uh i i got a little out there but uh anyways uh i'm gonna start to round things out here and and the way i i typically like to do that is I like to go around around the circle one last time and allow anybody to just give out any final thoughts that they may have had on any of the topics discussed here, as well as I like to give a little challenge of something to go out and, and look into deeper. So I want to challenge you guys to give out a recommendation. And that recommendation can literally be anything. It could be a book, an article, a podcast, a video, a an application, a device, a uh, a life lesson that you've learned partaking in the Bitcoin community, whatever it may be, something of value that you think that people watching here could bear some fruit from. And so I guess I'll, I'll start us off here in terms of my final thoughts give you guys a moment to think because I kind of sprung that on you. Um, everything that we've kind of discussed here is in and around community, even though like my topic was a little disjointed from that. But like when you get down to it, it's it's the values of the community and even the economic reality of do we want JPEGs on the Bitcoin blockchain? It's, it's kind of a consensus thing, right? Like, and, and if you don't have consensus, then we get the status quo and we get whatever people use with their economic value, that that's kind of the reality. And, you know, we talked about the proliferation of kind of the American dream and, and the ideals that were kind of baked into that proliferating around the globe in a different digital sense. We get visiting these pockets of ground up Bitcoiners, as opposed to this top-down imposition of it, as as a more realistic and and forward-thinking way of of moving Bitcoin around. And again, these these local meetups, all of these things building together with a, a sense of community and and trying to figure out what each other's values are. And I think that's kind of what Bitcoin enables. It enables us to get down to the truth of 
what do individuals value and how much of us value any one thing? Um, because that's kind of what money is. It's, it's a way to allocate the fruits of your labor to what one values. And when you can distort that, when you can print it, when you can diminish the influence of somebody who worked hard day and night for 40 years and allocated their value somewhere, and you print that away in an afternoon with the snap of your fingers, that doesn't reflect the values of the society. And thus not only degrades the measuring stick of our values, but degrades the values themselves, right? It, it, if your values aren't being reflected, your values are going to diminish and you're not going to hold those values as strongly as you used, you used to, because there's use, useless, the actions that you're taking are useless. And so we're getting back to a, a, a society that accurately represents our values. And we see that through these ground up efforts to capture our ideals. And so that's kind of my takeaway here. I don't know if I have like a punchline or like a specific point on that, but that's kind of what I'm observing from this panel. Um, in terms of in terms of suggestions and, and recommendations, my recommendation for today, and I've, I've recommended this before, but I'm going to do it again because I don't care. Uh, go check out Noster. Noster is interesting. And it was built by Bitcoiners because we kind of have these shared values of censorship resistance. Mm -hmm. We have these ideals of we don't want to be told what we can and cannot say. Um, and every migration away from Twitter and other centralized social media platforms has basically been a different flavor of the same. Uh, it's just who's in control, who has the on-off switch. And Noster is inherently different. I won't delve into why. If you want to learn about it, I did do a full tutorial on kind of the basics of how to get started, which I'm sure will be obsolete in already probably in seconds uh, if it's not already. But nonetheless, I'm going to say go check out Noster, play with it, learn, um, because I feel like because it was built with the ideals of Bitcoiners, because they didn't need to print a shit token to make it possible, I, I think it might have legs. And I hope it has legs. Um, and I think it might be a way uh, of, of integrating a global communication layer and easily cross-referencing Bitcoin as a payment layer within. And I feel bad because Mickey just dropped. Hopefully he comes back before final thoughts. But I'm going to jump to Nozomi. Uh, you're next on my screen. I'm sorry if I sprung that on you. But do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, Bitcoin, I mean, is a digital, you know, decentralized digital currency. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I think it's it's a tool, right? It's a tool that help human beings as to create a better future, you know, to attain freedom or to connect one another, you know? And I think that, I think it's time for us to get out of the digital space and then connect, uh, you know, and, and really experience reality, you know, experience nature, experience reality in that kind of tangible way. And I think that you know, we are so used to, for instance, we are so used to reading articles online. You know, we are so used to uh, sharing ideas, you know, on Twitter or 
expressing our love, you know, through emoji, you know, but it's time for us to come together and hug one another, you know, and touch. And then, you know, of course, eat chocolate, you know. So I think in that light, you know, I suggest that I recommend everyone to buy a printed version of Bitcoin magazine. Uh, this broke issue just came out. And, you know, actually, I mean, it's so different to read, read articles in the real hard copy of magazine instead of like scrolling, scrolling, you know, uh, online. So, and I happen to just to contribute my article uh, for this edition. So I highly recommend everyone to get that copy and subscribe um, and start experiencing the real, real thing that, get, oh, wow, nice. oh, you got it too? Yeah, start experiencing real things that give us value, you yeah. know, because the alternative is that we are, you know, being placed into this virtual reality on metaverse where we are so disconnected from our body, right? We will be living in this like uploaded crowd or something, and we don't even know what it means to be human. So I think it's important for us to stay connected with our heart and the body and to be strong and, and um, yeah, experience yeah experience and love you know yeah. in that way so yeah i, I love it myself. i think that's fantastic again i i thoroughly enjoy bitcoin magazine and the writers that they bring in um i do have uh, that uh, that issue should be on the way i've got the yeah. first four sitting here i've got actually i've got an old one i want to i want to hold up because hold on I've got an old issue here. Oh. One, one of the originals. I can't, I think oh, this I is, this is issue. I think it's like issue eight, mm -hmm. something like that. Anyways, one like the original old school ones. I can't even remember where I got it, to be honest. Um, but to your point, you're right. Like it's, it, it, um, when you go and you support these types of things monetarily, it allows them to continue. And so if you find value mm -hmm. in these types of articles, these this type of content, then go and support it. And it's no different from things like, uh, you know, uh, streaming sats for a podcast or whatever it may be. Your your peer-to-peer -peer value, you're, you're creating relationships with these individuals and you're supporting what they're doing. And mm -hmm. I, I look forward to seeing more of that. And, uh, and, uh, and by the way, Mickey, uh, there are people that there was speculation as to why you dropped off. Uh, people said that uh, people were saying that you were just doing some pull-ups. Uh, <laughs> so, so I imagine, you know, you don't have to comment on this, but I imagine that you just, you dropped out just to do like a, a quick set of like 50 pull-ups in a row. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm going to jump to you next, by the way. So if you have any final thoughts, recommendations, take it away, man. Yeah. So kind of during the conversation, my mind went to Atlas Shrugged. Um, so I, I took some notes here that I, that I wanted to kind of say. And so, so something I've seen recently is that the, the mainstream narrative is, is getting pretty absurd, you know, with, with eggs getting strokes and cow farts, you know, killing everyone. Uh, the list goes on, right? And so I, I see this dichotomy between Bitcoiners creating their own parallel system and then kind of retreating into our own. And so I, what, what I say is like, is the Atlas shrugged idea of, of Galt's Gulch, right? I don't want to see Bitcoiners just withdraw from the world and create their own Galt's 
gulch and just kind of watch the world burn, right? And so as people start waking up, you know, remain open and encouraging and, and just be prepared to, to kind of help people uh, grasp Bitcoin. And so two challenges that, that I kind of thought up is, is number one, uh, read Atlas Shrugged because it's gigantic, but it's awesome. And then also with the community aspect is is supporting your fellow Bitcoiners, right? And that's kind of something we had. So I wanted to I wanted to show this up. It's my buddy Will. He also oh, wow. reports. He also writes for Bitcoin Magazine, and mm-hmm. and he made this really cool hardcover book. And so if you're tired of macroeconomics and philosophy, you know you got Bitcoin Girl Saves the World. It's a nice hardcover book on Amazon, uh, and you can go help uh, support a Bitcoiner today on Amazon. I am freaking out. Yeah, I am buying that the second this ends because I've got a daughter and she like literally I'm talking the past few days. She figured out how to she's five. She figured out how to use her lightning wallet on her iPad so that she could create a store at home. And then she basically lines up her toys and creates a shop and writes prices on them. And then she goes and types in the price in sats and has me scan and send her real lightning transactions at her store. And my wife was like, what is, what is happening here? I'm like, I just sent my daughter a lightning transaction in, in exchange for this stuffy. Uh, so I'm going to buy that and I'm going to read it to her. So thank you for that. Right. That is, that is an excellent actionable <laughs> recommendation that I'm going to go do right now. Uh, and I appreciate that. So thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. awesome. I can't, I can't wait till he hears this. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad I'm glad. Uh, and we'll do one more rotation. We're going to jump down to uh, Ricky and Laura, Bitcoin explorers, mm-hmm. Final thoughts, recommendations, go ahead. You go first. I just want to say to everyone to stop thinking as a Bitcoiner and Mm. start thinking as a human being and try to think how Bitcoin can just improve your life. There's no such a thing as the carnivore Bitcoiner. There's not the God-believer Bitcoiner. There's not the (laughs) traditional family viral man Bitcoiner. There are. Some Bitcoiners that are carnivore or like whatever, there's not the Bitcoiner identikit. Bitcoin is a technology mm-hmm. like the electricity, like the cars, like the internet, like computers, and you you use them. You don't want to be a Bitcoiner. You just want to be a human being that uses Bitcoin to improve your life. I think this will enhance every human being as a human being. And it's, it's going to make much an easier life to everyone. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Ricky, you go ahead too. Um, yeah, I like what she said. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up the ball you dropped, uh, Ben. Uh, I wish my my tip, my suggestion, I would love Bitcoiner to forget everything they know about Bitcoin and start learning again from scratch. Why that? I think we should try, for example, here as well in your comments, uh, I hear people saying Bitcoin is sound money, Bitcoin is go digital gold, Bitcoin is... Okay, yes. 
But Bitcoin potentially could be so much more. Don't be conservative. We have seen what the Noster guy are doing. That is awesome. Imperviews is building on top of Bitcoin, potentially uh, Zoom call, social network. Bitcoin is a protocol and the economic app is just the first app. And we can build so much more on top of that. And that goes for, I'm sorry, guys, uh, ordinals as well. Don't be conservative. Uh, we, this is an experiment. Let's explore. Just leave it go. Buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Of course. <laughs> we knew it. That's why we're here, right? So let's just see what the protocol can achieve and let's have an open mind about it because there's so much more than sound money we can build with Bitcoin. I love that. I think that's super interesting too because, again, like if it fits within the consensus rules, if Bitcoin behaves as it was set out to behave, who are we to say how it's used? And, and, and actually, to be honest, we can't. It's already set. It already does what it does. And so I would be more concerned if we could stop people from doing the things we don't like. Yeah. So I think that's an excellent way to end it. Might be a little spicy for a few people. That's okay. <laughs> uh, we're Bitcoiners, we don't like easy stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, this was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. It was fantastic. Um, lots of interesting topics hit. Uh, I value all of you and uh, absolutely incredible conversation. Everybody watching, please go follow everybody down below. I have all their Twitter handles. Uh, listed in the show notes. So if you're not already following them, check them out. They're all doing awesome things. And uh, to all of you, I'll just say thank you so much. And you can come back anytime. Thank we you, Ben. Thank you. We are Italians. If you invite us, we come. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and we bring the family. And we bring family, mama, friends. <laughs> I, will be, I will see you guys in Italy. Uh, I will be there in this summer and hopefully I can catch you. Uh, but if not, are you guys in Miami? Probably yeah. not sure. Yeah. We're going to be in Prague. Come on. We're going to see each other. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll see you in Prague, <laughs> but my wife is going to be in Miami and my wife is going to be in Italy and she's going to be sad if she misses you because she's not in Prague. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you all. Have a wonderful evening. I'll talk to you soon. Have a good night. Take care. Guys. Well, Thanks, ben. Good night. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in. What a blast. Again, all of their Twitter handles are in the show notes below. Go follow them now. They're all awesome. I love everybody that was on the show. Again, I've, I've met the Bitcoin Explorers in person in France. They were incredible. Uh, and I can't wait to see them again. Nozomi, fantastic addition to the show. And uh, again, uh, having Plebius Economist, by the way, is his Twitter handle uh, on the show. Again, just diving into the Bitcoin space, uh, well, at least publicly, was fantastic. And, and while I'm at it, 
again, new pleb in this place, uh, just kind of getting his legs. Go follow him at plebius economist. Go follow his Twitter handle. 170. He said 100 at the top of the show. I'm seeing 176. Go follow him. Give him a follow if you're watching this. Check him out. Uh, yeah. Awesome, awesome recommendation. Also, Bitcoin Girl Save the World hardcover came out January 12, 2023. I am buying that now. Of course, the link is on the Amazon.com. I'm in Canada. I'm going to go... <laughs> I'm going to go buy it on the uh, Canadian uh, Amazon store. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, go check it out. I'm excited to get this and uh, and read it to my daughter. So fantastic. Very excited. Uh, nonetheless, go follow Nozomi. Go follow the Bitcoin Explorers, both, both Ricky and Laura. And uh, go follow Twitter handle at Plebius Economists. And, uh, and let's bolster this uh, new public entry into the Bitcoin space uh, contributor to Bitcoin Magazine. A uh, few other things before we go. Of course, I'm going to be in Miami for Bitcoin 2023, which I mentioned before, uh, b.tc slash conference. You can use code BTC sessions for 10% off your tickets. But I'm going to be doing a satellite event the day before the conference. It is a cold card deep dive. I'm going to be doing a four hour in depth tutorial with a handful of plebs uh, on how to use your cold card. We're going to go from the basics, setting it up, using it, doing air gap transactions. Well, if you're doing air gap transactions, you're already above and beyond. But we're going to be doing all of that. Plus, we're going to be diving into some of the more advanced features, passphrases. BIP85, all of it. We're going to be touching on it. So if you are going to be going to Bitcoin 2023, check it out. Uh, there is a link. If you go to my website, btcsessions.ca, there's an events page and it is linked there. Bitcoin only for tickets. Uh, you can also find it on my Twitter. Nonetheless, it's going to be a good time. There are three tickets left. So I just, I announced it on Monday. There's three tickets left. Uh, so yeah, dive in while you can. And, uh, yeah, to wrap it up, if you're looking for additional help, of course, I've got tons of free content on my YouTube to learn everything Bitcoin. If you've already gone through that and you're like, Hey, I would love some handholding through this, then hit up my website as well. You can book some one-on-ones there, btcsessions.ca. Uh, with that, I'm out. Have yourselves a wonderful day or day or evening, wherever you may be. Uh, like, subscribe, share, all those things, super important. They help get this content in front of more eyeballs. You can hit the sponsors I mentioned in the show notes down below. Nunchuck, CoinKite, Start9, Hoddle Hoddle, and of course, all, all the Bitcoin Magazine slash Miami event stuff is down there. If you really loved what you saw, you can always hit me up with a Bitcoin tip on my strike page. Go there. You don't need strike. You just type in any amount you want. Hit the tip button. You'll see a lightning invoice, or if you tap to the right, a regular Bitcoin QR code. With that, I am out. Have yourselves a wonderful day or evening, wherever you may be. I see you guys next time for your daily session. Hold all the Bitcoin.